This is Alexander Freed, author of the Alphabet Squadron novels, and you are listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Roger, Roger. A Utini Podcast Network production. Episode 171, Star Tours Crossover Coruscant. I'm ambassador to the Supreme Chancellor. I'm taking these people to Coruscant. On this episode, it's the Patreon of the Week. Where are you taking that? Adam Christopher's Shadow of the Sith has a big debut. To Coruscant. And the Utini crew takes a tour of the political center of the Star Wars universe. Coruscant, uh, that doesn't compute. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, Wes Jenkins, and special guest host, Timothy Guthrie. Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force Utini Network podcast all about vacation. That's right, it is the first episode of Star Tours, the second Utini crossover event of the year. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me in tonight's voyage through the galaxy is a lovely batch of co-hosts, starting with the man that doesn't go anywhere, as far as you know, because his setup is so consistent, Dr. Charles Hankel. What's up, oh, man? My, yes, uh, I'm, I'm here where I usually am, but I am ready to go on the ride of a lifetime tonight. I'm really looking forward to this show and the whole rest of the week, so uh, let's, let's go ahead and kick it off. I love that idea, and of course, we can't be ready to go anywhere without a man touching buttons, checking the levels, making sure all the levers are pushed and pulled as they need to be, and I would trust no one else with that other than Wes Jenkins. <laughs> touching buttons and pulling levers, that's me. I'm glad to be here, guys. Uh, this is my my first or my second vacation of the year because well, I guess we'll just say that Star Wars Celebration was number one, Star Tours Utini presents number two. That's right. And we have brought in a guest adventurer because you must have four riders to ride this ride. And because Corey decided to abandon us, you know who was in the single rider line and jumped in our car? It's Timothy Guthrie. Uh, What's up? What's up? I'm so ready. Um, also, I, uh, I heard there were going to be tacos while we're exploring on this adventure, so shout out to Freddie C. for the shirt. Um, but I am ready, guys. I'm so ready for this. It's good to see y'all. Good to be here. I'm excited to get into it. Exactly. We're excited to steal you from the Cosmic Forest just for two days before you go back there for your own star tours. And we welcome all of you on this grand adventure of ours. If you're unfamiliar uh, with what a Utini crossover event is, that's fine. There's really only been one. Um, but what we're doing this week, every show on our network is going on the Star Tours in celebration of the 35th anniversary. Each show is heading to a different planet. And if you'd like an overall look, Wes, throw up the key art for our event made by our very own wonderful Jose. He cobbled this together as a celebration of Star Tours through the galaxy. Look at that. On Monday, you got us here at the Living Force. On Wednesday, you got the Cosmic Force. On Thursday, you got Legends Look Back. And for our patrons, the Star Wars Archives and the Ghost Crew got some special episodes coming up this weekend and next Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we got to thank our very own Jared off Legends Look Back for the amazing idea. It's our fourth Jared. I don't know what it is. There's so many. (laughs) Uh, But Jared put this all together, and we all decided to pick a planet for each show. What is tonight's planet? Well, if you looked at the title, you already know, but I'm going to sit in suspense for those of you who just chaotically let your podcast play in the background without looking at titles. You're the real heroes. 
Um, but if you, of course, if you're listening to us on one of those platforms, before we get too far into our event, make sure that you have rated us on Spotify. You like the video on YouTube. You rate us on the Apple Podcasts. Everywhere and everywhere, tell everyone the living force and all of you, Teeny, are the place where you love to go for your adventures. Now, before we get into a little bit of news before our vacation, as, as you're all packing your suitcases and getting ready to strap in, we do have an update from Patreon. That's right, our glorious patrons that um love us doing this stuff and decide to keep supporting you, Teeny, that allows us to put on events like these and all kinds of other things. We love you all very much, and... Just like last week, we have a patron of the week. Charles, I'm going to throw it to you and tell us who is this week's patron of the week. All right. So this week's patron of the week is Mandalore the Jedi Sith. Nice hyphenated last name. And Mandalore says, hello, my name is Jake and I'm from Rochester, New York. I remember watching A New Hope when I was five years old, sitting on my father's lap in that old cigar pattern armchair. Nice. He rarely smoked, but that was the fabric pattern. Okay. <laughs> My favorite story is a difficult one because there are a lot of fun ones. For movies, I'll say Revenge of the Sith. Nice choice. Because it's one of the few times the bad guys win, and I always was <laughs> more of a fan of the bad guys. For novels, I have to say Darth Plagueis. Enough said. I joined Patini because I was interested in the way the site could help me catalog my collection, and I joined the Patreon for all of the movie and show commentaries. Interesting. Okay. Question time. Who goes on your Mount Rushmore of EU authors? Ooh. Mount Rushmore. This is this goes with the, the Star Top Tours theme. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tim Zahn's on there, no doubt, right? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Oh, yeah. like are George we, Washington. Are we, are we agreeing? Yeah, are we agreeing on one? On the are we are we cobbling yes. one? I like that. Are we agreeing okay. on a mountain? We'll okay. take okay. a vote. Okay. This is how democracy dies. Okay. Uh, I I put Claudia Gray up there. Mm-hmm. I would I Agreed. would agree. Okay. Claudia Gray. Okay. Do we have to say who they who they are? <laughs> Tim Zahn is is George Washington. Do we know who all is on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> That's the real question here. Yikes! <laughs> never mind. No. All right, Claudia yeah. Gray, Tim Zahn. Yep. 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 Um, how? Luceno? Yes, exactly. James Luceno get up there? I think mm-hmm. Luceno has to be. I think so. I think Luceno. so. I'm, I'm like trying not to just look over at my show pad. It's, yeah, I know. That's kind of like, where I am. Yeah, and, I, uh, you know. Kevin Scott is working his way up there. If he's not there yet, he's close. Yeah, with the, his there body yet. of work. Maybe for like, because I'm trying to think of like the history, right? Like, um, all the people mm-hmm. that have put so much, like, like maybe a uh, JJM, maybe JJM, maybe like a Karen Travis. Um, I can buy that. Man, there's just that fourth one is tough. That fourth yeah. one is tough. It's like when they decide. I'm I'm That's literally blanking. Who's on my rush? Definitely the before. Teddy Roosevelt. Thank you. It's like when they're like, I don't know, who was the other one? It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I think the fourth one is like a nice dealer's choice. Yeah. Of uh, of Star Wars ness, but I like those three for sure. It's whoever and you want it to be, Mandalore. Yeah. Who's on your you know who's on your Mount Rushmore? Let us know. I see. Stackpole. Oh my gosh, we got Stackpole. We got uh, Charles Soule, Matthew Stover, uh, Kevin Scott. A lot of a lot of great names showing up. Because yeah, we could do we got a lot of folks that wrote a lot of comics too. That uh, mm-hmm. that weren't just novels, but it's an amazing question. I like that we agreed on a solid three. But frankly, I think three. we just need a bigger mountain. At the end of the day, that's the answer. Let's have a much bigger mountain that we don't just uh, uh, steal from people and, you know, destroy a bunch of nature to make. But, sorry, everyone, the United States is, is a little rough. But 
This is a good mountain. This is a mountain on an asteroid uh, that can circle the galaxy and have all the authors whom we love. Um, I like that. Thank you, Jake, again for the question. Thanks for supporting us. We're glad you love the commentaries. I, we haven't done one of those in a hot minute. And I think we might. Who knows? Those are always really fun to do. Um, and who knows what else is coming up on Patreon. We've got some behind-the-scenes videos that have gone up there lately. Gotta be sure to check those out. And, of course, more content is coming all the time. All right, everyone. We're almost ready for departure. Make sure that you check your ticket. Check your Apple wallet. Make sure you have it on there. We don't do physical stubs anymore. It's 2022. <laughs> but while you're checking that, Wes, we got a quick Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Uh, can you tell we all flew a little this year? I'm like, come on. <laughs> shoes on, shoes off. I just got to know. Couple things we wanted to talk about today about the Star Wars publishing world. First of all, a massive congratulations to friend of the show, Adam Christopher, on Shadow of the Sith being a New York Times bestseller, number 11. Um, I feel like that just keeps happening with Star Wars books, and I want to like stop and really re realize like it's the 11th most popular book in the country. Like, this is. Yeah, that's it's amazing. crazy. That's amazing. Like, and it's highly deserved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it gets it gets so many more eyes when people go through those lists. Mm -hmm. They're like, "What is this Shadow of the Sith? I haven't heard about the Sith in a long time." Yeah, maybe I should pick it up. Maybe you should pick it up. Maybe you should. People, maybe you should watch <laughs> your really... review and join the Discord and talk to friends like Brandon, who's almost done reading it, and they can tell you, "Yeah, read it." <laughs> We're usually not that aggressive, it's but congratulations, to Christopher, on that um, incredible achievement for real. We love that all of, all of the Star Wars publishing community. Seriously, the best part of the Star Wars fan community is within publishing. We've always said it. It's never been more apparent than these past couple of years as the support gets more and more. Congratulations. Next up, we have the next adult novel. We hope to be a New York Times bestseller, which will be Princess and the Scoundrel. And I'm mentioning that because today we got a full excerpt over at StarWars.com. Ever heard of that website? Uh, they did release an excerpt from near the start of the book uh, that has Leia going through the wreckage of Endor, uh, talking to Luke, who has just had a little bonfire himself. Um, and it's just a really cool first look at Beth Revis's writing style. Now, did any of you guys uh, check this out yet today? Not yet. Uh, yes. I, I clicked on it earlier, and I went, <laughs> went through it. Excellent. And I'm doing it right now. <laughs> hey, there we go. So Charles gets an F. Wes gets a D. Tim, however. Uh, so you I get an A++. Read plus plus. Awesome. Yeah, you do. Uh, what do you think of this excerpt? Um, I loved it. The fact that this is like minutes after Return of the Jedi, I think, is so cool um, that we're getting that immediate aftermath. Um, so I'm glad that, I mean, aftermath happens, but <laughs> that's another book. But, you know, this is, this is like right afterwards, and I'm, I'm loving that for sure. And don't they yeah. go on vacation? Yeah. They do. See, they go on their yeah. honeymoon. Star this is Tours, perfect. Baby. It's all they coming it. together. They know it. Um, like we said, it's on StarWars.com right now. Go check it out. I know some of our community, y'all don't love reading excerpts. You want to go in fresh, that's fine. Uh, but I do want to echo you, Tim. I love that this is so close to Return of the Jedi. Because in canon, we have started to get a lot more filled in there. Like with the Mando content, the Aftermath books, like Victor, uh, Alfred Squadron, a lot of stuff like that. But seeing our friends on Endor, like Luke, like Leia, and like Han, eventually with Leia... Doing stuff on a ship, <laughs> kissing. It's gonna be really stuff? fun to see like that close to the movie. I'm very excited. Get those pre-orders in. And lastly, we got to talk about a reveal that happened today, thanks to a toy announcement. 
As we all know, Star Wars Andor is coming out at the end of next month. The Cassie and Andor show going to have a lot of new characters, of course, who we're going to love. But today, we learned the name of our next favorite droid companion, thanks to a toy. Let's throw his picture up on the screen and reveal that his name is B2 Emo. <laughs> this is he is... more than you bargained for yet, Eric? B2 E-M-O? <laughs> when I was a young droid, <laughs> my father took me to a cantina. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love this guy. But luckily, he was missing a little something to be properly emo, and some friends on Twitter adjusted that. Wes, can you show the actual picture? Of B2 emo. There he is! <laughs> there he is. He's kind of he going <laughs> after Andor's look there. Yes, he, he is Makes a little so much bit. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, the last Thrawn Ascendancy book, right? Yeah, exactly. They're really going with a theme because they know us elder, <laughs> elder emo millennials are growing up and buying this stuff. Can someone um, fix this further and put a snow cat on top of this? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh yes. God. I know, well, look, and you can tell, with, even though there's wheels underneath, I know, I can pretend those are, like, black-painted nails, so I think it also kind of works, you know? Um, but I'm very excited. To meet B2 Emo, I hope he sounds just like AP5 in Rebels. Like, the Alan Rickman kind of, like, just slow, <laughs> methodic, talking. I mean, he'll speak in binary, probably, but I hope it's a low binary. Like, he's really bummed out about it. Like, Cassie's like, we have to join the Rebellion again. And it's like, it was never a phase. Anyway, uh, very excited <laughs> to meet him next month. Uh, but, of course, before that whole show comes out, you're going to be reading Princess and the Scoundrel. You're also going to be reading Padawan in just a couple weeks, which is coming out on July 26th, our new Obi-Wan book. And Princess and the Scoundrel is coming out August 16th. Head to the Utini release schedule to make sure you get all those pre-orders in. And uh, can't wait for that. All right. We've made you wait enough, though. It is time for the main event, everyone. Star Tours. Welcome to it. Strap on in. We, here at Utini and the Living Force, have found an exclusive way to take you to the main center of the galaxy. The imperial center of the galaxy, if you will. <laughs> Coruscant. That's right. We're talking all about Coruscant. Um, the That's capital how you planet. Say it. That's how you say it. The capital planet of the Star Wars galaxy. And to start off, guys, I just want to ask you a basic question. What do you think about Coruscant as a fan? And do you have any, like, personal history with this planet? When you heard about it for the first time, do you like seeing stories about it? Like, what does this mean to you? Charles, let's go to you first. Yeah, well, I lived there. I uh, moved there when I was eight <laughs> after a few years in South Carolina. No. Um, <laughs> then you that's came my, back. That's like, my yeah, too much, history. too busy. No, I mean, I think all of us probably to a degree, at least on this podcast, those of us that are prequel babies, Coruscant it has a special place in our hearts, right? Because mm -hmm. in the prequels, some of the most pivotal moments obviously happened there. I think it was one of those, one of those planets that really showcased like how far technology had come since the original trilogy, because mm -hmm. that was, I mean, I know they went back and added it in, but uh, I mean, that was not possible to do a setting like that back in the 70s and the 80s. So it was really striking to see all the traffic in the sky and how they interacted with all these millions of people that were all over the planet. Um, I don't know. I mean, that, that's what I think of. I think of kind of really starting to wrap my head around how massive Star Wars was when I had to take into account how massive just this planet was. So 
that's kind of where I go back to. I think about some of those early, early years watching the prequels, just sitting in the theaters with my dad. So, yeah, Coruscant, in a, in a lot of ways, does feel like home. Damn. Nice. All right. Uh, Tim, you want to wanna add on to that, or you want to ruin it with some not-sentimental stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I will say I think Coruscant really came into its own for me when the Zillow Beast was brought in the Clone Wars Ooh. series. Yes! So I know, I know we Beast! got to see it. No, we got to see it in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. I know we got to see it in the prequels, but there was something about the Clone Wars and getting to explore more of the depths and the the mm. craziness and getting to see a freaking kaiju show up and it, that was just, <laughs> it was nuts. Um, and so it helped to really bring out a lot of scale. Um, and especially as you see all of these clones kind of swarming into temples and all the guards, I'm like, that's a lot of people. They look like ants. Um, and it's I don't know, it's cool. I'm I'm excited to dig into it tonight. Chorus yeah. ants. Yo, oh! Chorus ants. There you go. What is this? A city made for ants? Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> you mentioned there, Tim. One of the thing, one of the things that I know, Wes, you love the most. I mean, those dark depths of Coruscant. You've always been a, a pretty right. big fan of the lower levels. Yes, I mean the the thirteen thirteen video game. Everybody is sadly aware of. God, yeah. Um, it, and they, they teased and they teased us with the like behind the scene footage that never came out. We were, it, the video game was so ahead of its time. It looks so great. It and then like I when I first had heard about Coruscant, I wasn't aware it was a giant city planet. But when you think about it, like we only get let's say we get roughly 60, 70 square miles of what we usually see, and then what about the rest of the planet? What is everybody else doing? You know, yeah. like there's, there are other people. There's got to be. We'll get into it later, but like the lower levels are all like compacting on each other, like sedentary rock. Yeah. So um, it's it's really interesting, like the nightlife that goes on below the the surface level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and like there's there's like so much there's so much history coined with it, like with stuff like that. And I think that's been one of the one of the fun things about reading so many books in comics about Coruscant in the preceding years or succeeding years has been realizing what those different levels are, what those different sections of the planet are. Cause you're right, Wes, we still haven't, it's like the ocean. We still haven't explored 99% of Coruscant, right? Like there's, yeah. who knows what it could be. And I think that's super fun. But of course, what kind of book podcast would we be if we didn't mention that the name Coruscant, of course, was coined by one of our own Mount Rushmore heads Tim Zahn himself in Heir to the Empire. And I remember learning that because you hear that and it doesn't make sense. Because you're like, no, a planet as important as Coruscant, there's no way that George Lucas didn't make that up in the original draft. But it's literally used for the first time in 91 in Heir to the Empire. And what do you guys think that meant when that was like solidified in the prequels for like people like us, for like book fans? Like, what did that say to us? Knows that George is listening. Yeah, or just yes. He's listening a little bit for those really good details that he's yeah. taking out of from from the EU or the. Hi, George. The, we know you're listening. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate that you're taking um, you're taking a different point of view and some details from like other works that that aren't your own, and you're factoring them into the story, and you're making it one of the biggest parts of Star Wars, mm-hmm. whether it be whether it be where the Jedi temples, like, wouldn't you think that 
when they're when uh, Alec Guinness is talking about the Jedi that he would somehow slip and say that oh that Jedi temple is on Coruscant. It's like nope, never said it. <laughs> so like I I, I I was amazed to hear that that was directly from Heir to the Empire. So that was, that's super neat to hear that it's from a book and not from the show. Yeah. It really just, like, legitimizes the books in such a way. From someone like George, yeah. who had said forever, like, you know, uh, he he never kind of considered him canon. He never thought Mara Jade or anything was real. Like, he was very clear about that. But it is fun that he was probably, like, you know, in his in his drawing room. I don't know. He's like, I don't know. I don't know why I made him, like, British upper class. Sitting in a cigar um, pattern chair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, he didn't smoke much. Um, and being like, oh, planet. Idea. I don't know. Bah, Mimbat, no. Mustafa, nope, that's later. And then he likes, like, <laughs> what about Coruscant? Oh, all right, that's fine. Like, he just eventually decided to use little things here and there. And it's funny because the word Coruscant literally does mean glittering or sparkling. And I love that in the design of the city, you can see that so perfectly. You know, when we first see it in Phantom Menace, we come, the entire planet is just so beautiful and, like, it's it's opulent in a way, but like you said, with with the depths that uh, the city of riches and the city of light at up top gives way to such darkness, which which I think is a great metaphor for the galaxy in itself as well. Which is why we 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 chose Coruscant as the first show of the week, um, because I, I love just how it kind of encapsulates the saga. You know, there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of glory to it, and there's a lot of places like that, um, like landmarks that show the best of the galaxy, but there's also some places that are, like, the worst of the galaxy or the downtrodden of the galaxy mm-hmm. um, and more books that we'll talk about later in the episode. But before we get there, I do want to talk about some of the features that we might see on our trip this evening. Uh, okay, first shown on film in 1997 special edition of Return of the Jedi. We saw Coruscant there, but it really came into its own in the prequel trilogy, as Charles said. Uh, the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, a lot of it. Here we got some great shots of it here. And, of course, we have such landmarks as the Jedi Temple, Monument Plaza, the Senate Building, a lot of, you know, not a lot of separation of church and state on Coruscant, if you will. So <laughs> I want to ask you guys, do you think that this planet, the, the how it's organized, with, like, all of these big institutions just a, a turbo lift away, how did that affect what the Jedi eventually became. Because the temple's there for a while on top of Sith Temple, which is great. Um, <laughs> but wh- how do you think that affected the Jedi forward by having their center on the busiest planet in the galaxy? It's tough. I think it highlighted their hypocrisy to uh, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they claim to, to help those that are suffering and, you know, peace, but there are thousands of floors beneath them that it doesn't look like they're doing much for. Not to mention right. the fact that they built the Jedi Temple on top of a Sith Temple and all of those shenanigans. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I use your, use your noggins there, <laughs> there, dudes. Yeah, I mean, the the age-old saying you are who you hang out with, it's kind of hard to not get enmeshed in politics when your temple is right, right next to the Senate building and right. all this <laughs> stuff, right? And to, and to think, like, that juxtaposed with, like, perhaps the greatest Jedi of all time, Yoda on Dagobah, he's the only one there. Like, just yeah. the difference in those settings and, and how the Jedi acts is so interesting. Like, when we were kids watching the prequels they were they weren't in like 
run-down apartment buildings, and they were always schmoozing or they were always walking back and forth in these nice entryways, real tall ceilings, drapes that probably cost much more than my house combined. I mean, it's just they were in the essence of a big city, and they were at the – I mean, if you would – if you would kind of like imagine a, a real life city, and you know, I guess you could say this is real life. But I mean, this would be New York City. This would be Tokyo. This mm-hmm. would be like this would be the the mecca of mm-hmm. of of what you would see as as a as a suburb or not as a suburb, but as a deep city that has nothing but buildings and nightlife and yeah. great places to eat, important people. I mean, that is where they like planted their flag and. It's pretty neat to see, especially with this picture that I pulled up. Yeah, like, that is the temple itself. Can you imagine being a real estate agent on Coruscant? <laughs> I mean, the like, property I'm taxes serious. alone. I mean, like <laughs> selling selling the Jedi Temple like to the Jedi. Like the ceilings are a hundred feet, they, but they feel like one hundred and fifty <laughs> because of how the pillars are. Can you right. imagine s- setting up utilities on Coruscant? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to be in procurement for that, too. Someone's got to read the meter. Like, where's the meter at on the temple? I also got to wonder, oh. Charles, are you pitching, like, selling Sunset on Netflix, but it's, like, selling Coruscant? <laughs> like, yes, go please. With, like, I'd the worst it. people in the galaxy. I would watch but, that in a heartbeat. Well, I, I do love that. <laughs> like, I love all of this stuff about Coruscant. But I do love especially the highlighting of, like, what you were saying, Wes, and we were saying, too, about, like, the hypocrisy and, like, the architecture of Coruscant is really interesting because it helps you understand people like Padme and even the people like Barriss Offee, right, who are looking at the Jedi and are like, mm. you can't help but think how many, like, hundreds of or thousands of low-income housing apartments you could fit in the Jedi Temple. Like, how many people could just live there in rooms? You know, and like realizing that what are we doing walking through these giant halls of stuff saying that we're helping the galaxy out, which is so interesting. But at the same time, we then do get so many stories of the Jedi going into the lower levels and helping people and like actually being like, maybe this is the best place for them to be because this is where the most people are. This is where like the most need is going to be directly. What better place to have peacekeepers than in a place where the most conflict might happen? just because of the density. And it's so interesting. I think it's really dependent on author what, what route they take. Because um, we have a, a lot of stories that take place on here. We talked a little bit before we went on air that a lot of stories often start here, like with a council meeting or with an assignment or something like that. And it's interesting, depending on the writer, what's, what kind of avenue do they want to take? You know, Are we a little more holy studying at the temple, talking about the education of younglings? Are we talking about helping out the planet? Or, um, like Brandon said, are we talking about all of your abilities being clouded by the dark side because the temple is on top of a Sith shrine? Um, <laughs> which I, I gotta say, I know we keep saying it, there, there, there had to be a better spot. It's a planet. Like Wes said, the city's a planet. You can go anywhere, <laughs> anywhere on the planet um, and take that down. Uh, but, of course, there are books that deal with that uh, that we'll talk about later on. Um but I do want to ask you guys one more time before we, we get into a little bit of a surprise for the audience. The idea of a planet as a city. Logic aside of like, well, how many millions of miles? Star Wars, who cares? Like, <laughs> what do you guys think about the idea of the largest metropolis in the galaxy 
actually being over the full planet. Like, there was not a single part of Coruscant that is not Coruscant. What do you think that does as a concept? And do you think it, it still makes sense nowadays? I'll tell you, anytime I go out to run errands, it feels like I'm on Coruscant. So it's very <laughs> realistic. All right. Um, True. No, I mean, I mean, eventually, like, uh, eventually something like that would happen, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. We just keep procreating and, and all of this and building and all this infrastructure, and that would happen. Um, now, I don't think Earth will ever get to that point, but it's, it's imaginable. And I think, furthermore, it kind, of, it, it kind of makes sense then that where would you go next, right? Once you've literally taken over 100% of a planet, what do you do next? You go out amongst the stars, and that's the right. whole premise of, of this franchise, right? So it all makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it is nice to realize that we will we will absolutely all be dead from so many different things before that ever happens to Earth. <laughs> I mean, come on. We can take ourselves out, global warming. We'll never recover the planet. You're right. It does make me feel better. Uh, guys, other thoughts? It leads it leads to a lot of other stories yeah. because there's so like like you said, it was it's an ocean. It's an ocean of concrete, I guess, that, that we haven't Ooh, explored like yet. Yeah. And it can be and you can go down multiple levels, it's just not on the surface. So you could have you could have millions of stories. I mean, I don't know if you want to keep. You have like a, you know, a thirty book series. A, uh, a nano dictum. I forgot what. I forgot <laughs> Come on, West. I forgot what it was. <laughs> I can't believe you but, forgot uh, that word. Yeah, nineteen book series of just all the levels on Coruscant. I mean, it's there. We can do it. It's just who's going to write it. Man, I mean, on Eric, the surface, it looks calm and ready to drop Rick. bombs, but it keeps on forgetting. <laughs> Nice. There's a zillowbee somewhere in there. <laughs> uh, now, Tim, what do you what do you what do you think as a, as a guy who's a little more yeah. tuned, like you, you live in a you, you live in a city? You're you're in tune with it. What if this were the planet and there was no escape from the concrete jungle? Yeah, the first thing that I kind of thought. I mean, this is where people go to like make their dreams come true, right? That's kind of the right. the idea that I have. It like big city living, like it's it's where you can do all the things that you couldn't do before. Um, it's supposed to be possible here, and that's going to come with plenty of pros and opportunities, but it's also going to come with a lot of cons, um, and mostly finding out that you can't afford to live anywhere near the top. So you got to go down, and you probably should have just released your music on SoundCloud like everybody else. But um, <laughs> oh my God, there's a lot of SoundCloud rappers on course. <laughs> yep, true. But there's no clouds. Where me that? Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, SoundCloud rappers in Star Wars. That 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 is not on the outline. That is through me, and I need it. If you're a SoundCloud rapper, no, no, I'm not gonna finish that sentence. I don't like how it started. Um, <clears throat> I would like to see more of it expanded. Maybe DJ Rex can foster. Uh, a, a coven of SoundCloud rappers in the Star Wars galaxy, and they can all go to Coruscant together. Write the book, I, EJO. Come I, on. I need, I need the Star Wars equivalent of Luke Skywalking on them haters. That's out there somewhere. Yes! <laughs> it's already been written. <laughs> so aside from the popular music careers of all the underground artists in the Star Wars galaxy, all these cool things are happening on Coruscant. But you know what? We've talked a lot about Coruscant. But it, what better way to really experience a planet or a city, or anywhere, then, then really by just, just enmeshing yourself in the culture and going there yourself. Um, and this is where we need to reveal, everyone, that our very own Wes Jenkins was lucky enough to procure, procure, there we go, passage on a ship to go to Coruscant tonight, and he's able to live stream the whole thing. Wes, how did this all come about? Are you, are you ready? Well, I gotta tell you, um, <clears throat> it was hard 
even get these tickets because if you go to a travel agent, not that any of them exist, you have to go to a website, it's a thing. But you say, hey, I need to get light years to a, a certain place. I want to call it Coruscant, and within, I don't know, 15 to 20 seconds because that's how long it's going to take. And I, I put up a lot of money, put up a lot of money to do this for you guys. And I hope, and I hope that you love it. Um, but seeing as the technology has advanced more than I was aware, we can do this for you in roughly seven to eight minutes, oh which is gosh. pretty cool. That's amazing. It's so condensed. Um, I, I mean, I, like I say, I'm, I'm jealous when you, when you told us about this, Wes. I, I, I thought we'd all get to go together. It's fine. It's great that we can. I'm, I'm happy for you as your friend. I'm happy to be on the show with you. Um, but I, I guess it, it, the first question I would have is just, you know, to go light years away, we don't have any Elon Musk rockets here. Uh, how, how, do you, how are you going to get there in the first place? Oh! <coughs> well, Eric, Goodness. I'm glad you asked. Because I was able to procure a... I know what you think. This is the Millennium Falcon. This is not the Millennium Falcon. I couldn't oh. afford that. This is the Bicentennial Pelican, and I was close. <laughs> I was really close to getting there. But, you know, it's, it's not that far away, seeing as we're going light years. So I wanted y'all to see my ride on how I got there. And I press, wow. the, I press the buttons, and I pull the levers, and I do all of that. And I'll be there in a second. But I have to stop off at my hotel room first, and I'll be right there to show you. All right, Wes, sounds you, good, Wes. You must be in an exit row because you got a lot of leg room. <laughs> a lot of leg room. This is really impressive. I don't. My gosh, I don't know how you'd uh, how you'd have that going, man. That's it's, it's it's really impressive to see how you'd. Oh, whoa, hold on. We're in a new we're in a new place right wow. now. Wes, is I this was your Airbnb here? Able you just to step in and tell you guys that they gave me this amazing bedroom. <laughs> Now, again, Whoa. like I told you, I don't have all the money in the world. I couldn't afford for a bed to be made when I got here. But, <laughs> I mean, look at the view, right? And the window itself isn't a window. It's just open air because... Open air? Wow. Hey, couldn't afford the air conditioning. But there's, you know, there's open pieces of pipe everywhere and this stuff up down here. It kind of smells a little bit. But, yeah, um, how's the smell overall, Wes? And, and, and is, it, is it hot? Like, how I are you got, feeling? It's, it's kind of warm, Coruscant, uh, that radiates off the concrete. So, you know, the sun really gets to you. But that's okay. I'm not going to be here for very long. I'm going to go to different places within Coruscant to show you guys kind of what you're missing and what you need to save your lunch money on. So I'm going to step outside, and I'm going to go probably – I'm going to try to get into the Jedi Temple. I'm really going to try. But Ooh, that'd be lovely. I got to tell you that the security there – is is pretty tough. I might be able just to put a toe in, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just gonna try to get in. All right, we'll see what you can do. I, I got to look at the chat here. We we have some great questions. Uh, you know, Brandon wants to, to and and Alan similarly. They want to know did a, did a maybe a certain Jedi and Senator sneak in there after they're being in their open air car? <laughs> uh, those sheets looked a little a little rustled. Oh, I'm not. I'm not, a, um, I'm not. I'm not above actually renting out my own room while I'm not there. So we can do that. Too. Oh, okay, great. You're you're an entrepreneur. You're Airbnb. You're Airbnb. That's pretty. That's a, that's a, that's a good idea. Coruscant's expensive, like we said. You know, the real estate alone. Oh wait, Wes, did you did you make it in? Can you see oh, the size God. 
of the pillars in this building. Oh my Whoa. good lord. Where are you, Wes? Uh, I got... This is the Jedi table, but this is just the lobby. Okay, so we, we talked earlier about how big this place was and how you can fit hundreds of people in here instead of having them, you know, dwell below the, the cityscape. So this is the size of, I don't know, nine Astrodomes if you're from Texas. So <laughs> the sun comes Thank through you for using here natural Yes, correct. And then you have these, you know, tall pillars and the sunlight that comes through, but it's simply breathtaking. I wish you guys could see it. But um, I have reservations at a friend's place. But first, I have to go. We're going to the lower levels to show you what real life is like on Coruscant. Not this flashy pillars and and monks singing religious music. It's it's Jedi music. That's what this is. But I have to take a turbo lift down probably a hundred levels to get where I'm going. Whoa! So. Okay. okay, you get on that turbo lift. Guys, who do you think was singing there? My money's on Yaddle, obviously, but who else do you think was 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 singing there with Wes? I've, I've heard oh. Mace has a nice voice. Oh, sure! Also, yeah, I could buy that. It was either spring break or that was just post Order 66 because there was no <laughs> one in that <laughs> lobby. No! Oh, no! <laughs> I think the only uh, undisputable thing is that Kiati Mundi was leading them. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. What about the droid attack on the harmonies? You know what I mean? Like, dude is really, uh, that's, uh that was off the cuff. I, I, I'm not at my best there. Okay, hey, guys. Out. Now, if you walk oh, with me, cardio in. you can see that this is one of the lowest levels that they have here in Corso. So, I mean... They, thank God they have this crossing here, but, you know, they have places to eat. They have a bar here that you can go to that has TV on it. But still, you have to be careful down here because there's a lot of weird, like, spice runners and, and yeah, crooks. You got to be careful. And <laughs> they, call, they call you the surface dwellers, by the way. So you, oh, you surface dwellers, fair. make sure that you're, you're on your P's and Q's. But first mm-hmm. of all, this is kind of, it's kind of dreary, you know? Um, it's a little damp because they have a, a different atmosphere than they do up above. Just it looks because damp. it's quite damp. Thank you, Charles, for noticing that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I kind of don't want to be here anymore, so I do. Like I said, I had a reservation earlier. <laughs> you gotta get there. So I gotta go. At least Gosh. everything was open. <laughs> That's true. They very, very distinctly opened. Uh, I was very worried for you. Uh, Insane membrane makes a great point. You could probably buy some solid death sticks over there. Ooh, is that, Ooh. A, so I is just, that a vendor, Wes? Yes. So I just arrived. I went 50, 50 floors up on the turbo lift. Hey. Wow. Did y'all just see Jafon? Jafon. Jafon. <laughs> ah. You know the locals? That, well, that's Jafon Dara. He's the one that allowed me to come here. That gave me the access to the turbo lift to come up here. So, oh. but he also has. He said that I should come. I'm a little late. I'm a little late because he said that his roommate is is coming back around this time, and I should have been here earlier just so we could hang out. But and, I mean, oh. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but this is 50 stories up. We have people making food like right outside your door. How awesome is that? See, it's How getting does that better. Smell, it smells delicious. It smells like seafood, but it, I mean, I'm not sure I want to eat seafood on the on <laughs> 50 levels below. Oh, who's that? But oh, that, I'm not, that was Rugo Melny. Did you see that guy? <laughs> yeah. Rugo Melny. I shouldn't say that a lot. He's probably gonna come back out here, but 
<laughs> Anyways, I think we should go. It's getting late, so I wanted to go up to show you exactly what the cityscape looks like when you're on top and being a city dweller like, like you people over on the podcast network. All right, that sounds great. Wow, I'm learning so much about about the sense of the planet. I never thought so much about how Coruscant smells, and, and like you said, Charles, just the rampant dampness. It seems like it's very much more damp than I had ever imagined. I I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just <laughs> everything was so wet. Um, <laughs> I want to try whatever that person was cooking, though. What do you What do you think they were cooking? Mm. Ronto. Whatever. Yeah, uh, a Ronto wrap, surely. Ooh, a Ronto yeah. wrap might be it. Or what's the what's the fish that Dryden Voss has? Um uh that's from Phantom Menace too. You know what I'm talking about? It looks good. Okay, hold on. Now this looks more familiar. This looks more familiar. Hey guys! What the Can oh. you see me? You are over waiting. here! Just barely! Just barely! Over Wes. here! Wes, you look like Mike TV from Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> this This is what Coruscant's all about. The, 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 the lights and all the speeders that go above you, you can see exactly how big this place really is, right? I mean, I'm dwarfed compared to the size. See, I don't want to fall in this hole down there because Be careful. You, right I there. probably, no I probably won't ever. come back up. But just to show, I mean, you can see how amazing that it is when even when it's dark, it looks like it's a happening time. So it looks like there's restaurants and people are, looks like people are going somewhere. That's it's not an empty, it's not an empty skyline. Oh, there's some traffic. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looks great. So, oh, wow. That was, see, that was kind of the more the Coruscant we've come to expect. You got your speeders, you had a great view there. And I, I'm so glad that you were able to set up your, your camera you brought so far away so we can really get the good scope of it um oh oh you're heading back already wes yeah but i had to i had to tell you guys that um i can't stay here for long the tickets were for you know a uh, a, a hundredth of a day is what how long i can stay oh. so like i said with my um with my room i was able to to rent it out because i wasn't there at all so which was good yes yeah, so helpful i gotta tell you guys it was it was wonderful showing you Coruscant. I wish you could have been there with me. Again, super expensive just to do that five to seven minutes of of touring around with you. But um, I have to get back. I have to get back to Houston because you know I was only able to procure a Monday evening to for vacation. I have to be back at work tomorrow. So. That sounds right. Knowing Did you your job. Find a stray on Coruscant. <laughs> You brought back a, a local uh, dog? Chewbarka. Chewbarka, indeed. The Coruscant native. That was wow. lovely, Wes. Thank you that so was... much. I, you know what? Guys? Oh, my God. Oh, you're you back. Can you believe how quick that was? You are going to have some serious oh, hyperspace lag, my friend. <laughs> no oh, I feel terrible right now. I can't believe I went that far and that fast in such little time. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm excited you made it back to do the rest of the show. I mean, you, you, we can't produce without you. And, and I got to say, man. When we started this podcast, I never would have imagined that we'd get to the point where we got to go to the actual planets themselves. Yes. We, <laughs> really... we thank you to our loyal patrons that have provided <laughs> us with the funds to be able to go to a completely different galaxy far, far away and a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Those time and spaceships combined are, are rough. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad <laughs> the patrons helped us out. Uh, any... Uh, 
Any any additional insights you got on the ground while you were there that, that you may not have had before you were able to walk those fabled streets? Yes. So um, what I found very interesting was that it was, I mean, it's built on top of like ancient relics and built on top of other Coruscant buildings. So they keep, huh? they kept building on top of each other, which was very, very interesting. It was like, I was telling, uh, I was telling before the show started, it's kind of like sedentary rock. So you'll see the layers of what Coruscant yeah. used to be below in the lower levels. Um, so, and most of the population of Coruscant lives in the lower levels yeah. because and you build up and then you have places to live in between. But I mean, there's, it was cheaper to live there, so yeah. that's that's probably where I would be if I lived on Coruscant, but I couldn't. I had to come back to Texas where it's 107. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I feel like you, you got really jealous of the dampness there for a little bit, knowing there was, <laughs> just there was actual just water just around. Well, well, we're glad you're back, Wes. I am, Thank you. Uh, my, Thank you. Uh, my gosh, I, I, I can't believe we finally got here to that point, but I'm glad you're here because now that we have that first-hand experience... I think it's only fair that we chat with our audience now about some of the books they could read about this amazing planet. Um, this is something we're hoping to do with all of our shows this week here at UTD, even those of us that have to stay on Earth. Uh, we would love to chat with you about some of the books you can read about these planets, because as we've said, some of our favorite things in Star Wars are the planets, are the, the settings. I mean, who didn't fall in love with Hoth and Endor as kids and want to find out all about them? Uh, so with Coruscant, obviously a huge amount of landscape, amount of real estate, and amount of stories that take place on this planet. And we wanted to highlight a couple. We're just going to kind of go through a few here. And I actually wanted to start off with one uh, that hit me really hard last year. And it was one of our Book of the Year finalists. And it was Alphabet Squadron Victory's Price. Now, there is a very specific part of this book that happens on Coruscant, and I love it in Victory's Price because without giving too much away, this really straddles the line between Imperial Center and Coruscant, and I love when we get that kind of back and forth in Star Wars. I think that's a really fun thing to do, and it really shows how Coruscant as a planet really is a a climactic place where the Empire ends and, and the New Republic starts. And I really love that part of the book very specifically. So, again, I don't want to tell you what happens in that climax. I think it's one of the best we've gotten in quite a while. Uh, but Victory's Price is how I want to start off talking about Coruscant books. Uh, guys, what are some of our other favorites that take place on the glorious, very sparkly planet? Yeah. I'm going to jump right in because I don't it. want anybody else to take <laughs> it. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to say Darth Plagueis. Darth mm-hmm. Plagueis by James Luceno. Um very good, very good book, uh, Coruscant-centric, because that is pretty much where uh, Palpatine comes into the view, and he's he's taught by um, by Plagueis himself, and then something happens, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise occurs. I don't want to ruin oh, it. I've heard of that. I'm yeah. sure, I'm <laughs> sure everybody has heard. So I'm, I'm going to hold back, but very good book, very deep, very detailed, just like James Asino's writing. You, do, you definitely want to pick this one up, but... If you love Coruscant, it's in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I want to get back to something that you mentioned, Eric, about how uh, Coruscant has been the home of the Empire and of the Republic, right? And that mm-hmm. doesn't happen overnight. And what's interesting is that Coruscant feels safe, 
I would say, for most times that you're there in the movies and the books, right? I mean, you leave there to go fight the war. The war doesn't often come there, but sometimes it does. Just like in Victory's Price, it's kind of Legends counterpart. Right. The X-Wing series also huge, huge plot point about how Coruscant went from Imperial to Republic controlled. And so, you know, you really could choose a lot of these books, but kind of the primary one where you first go to Coruscant is going to be the second book in the series, Wedge's Gamble. Um, Mm -hmm. You get to kind of travel around a lot of Coruscant, similar to how Wes just took us around. It's not as nice or cordial, but it is every bit as damp. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's followed by the Kratos Trap, which also, you know, a lot of important things continue to happen there on Coruscant. So um, still worth the read, I think. Yeah. I'm going to follow that up with uh, the earliest canon appearance so far that we have uh, seen Coruscant in. And that is from Light of the Jedi, my friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. The High Republic, I was completely blown away. Like, it makes sense that we would see it. Um, but we got to see Lena So spend some time up on in the Minari Mountains, kind of what's left of them. Um, I guess it's that Temple Peak. I think it's called Umate or something like that. But it's really cool. It's not quite as developed. Um, but she does this really impassioned thing about how um, being able to touch and look at the mountain is is both like awe-inspiring and also um like because anything is possible but it's also deeply humbling because it can all crumble down um it's a really cool moment um and i loved seeing coruscant in this new kind of um almost like glamorized in a certain way um and so yeah i highly recommend that um getting to see the chancellor so operate there and getting to see how the galaxy responds from Coruscant being this major hub when, t- when times are great and they start to fall apart. It's a really cool look into that place. Yeah, I love that. And for all my Elden Ring fans out there, that's a touch grass, if you will. Um, <laughs> touch on the grass. same note of Light of the Jedi, I also want to mention uh, the, the kind of sequel to that book in a way, uh, Into the Dark by Claudia Gray, the next higher public young adult novel. Um, a lot of that does take place in the Jedi Temple. And obviously, Wes made, a, made his pilgrimage to the temple. And not as much singing in this book. Um, but there is, uh, like I mentioned, of the Kyber Arch. We talk a bit about it being on top of the Sith Temple and things like that. Um, so if you want to get a, a closer look at how the Jedi kind of worked within the temple, um, especially recently in that era, I think that is a great book to do so. Uh, some of my favorite parts of that book were in the temple. And to see it from a protagonist like Reith Silas, who just wants to research and wants to be in the archives and wants to learn about the history of this planet, I think it'd be very good for some Coruscant fans to kind of get that, uh, that look at it. So, Into the Dark, happy to put up there as well. So, I have kind of a sleeper that we spoke about, that Legends Look Back actually spoke about as well. Love it that. is some of the Old Republic books. Mm. Um, and that has it has details about the Battle of Coruscant. Mm. So that was the battle back in. Um, oh my gosh! Let's see if I can find the the actual the date here. But um, it's it's also known as the sacking of Coruscant, and that is when the Sith actually um, took over the Jedi Temple. But then they gave it right back because of politics. So. <laughs> 
And that is Ain't just that a quick way. detail. It is not, yeah, it is not a spoiler. It's a quick detail. But that is that is the if Coruscant from back from way back when in the Old Republic. That is part of the, that's in part of those books in the Old Republic, mostly in Deceived. It's in a little bit in Revan and um, uh, Final Fatal Alliance. Fatal Alliance. There you that's go. The mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that we're already touching on High Republic and Old Republic stuff with this because it just shows how this is the planet that is, like, consistent mm-hmm. throughout all of it. It's, it's been there through so much. Um, what yeah. else we got, guys? We got so many to look at this planet. Well, let's jump back to kind of the Empire timeline. I think a, a book that did a really good job of kind of showing Coruscant, which is cool because Tim Zahn wrote this book, is Thrawn. The canon Thrawn novel, and it, it particularly does a good job of showing you kind of the military hub, like the training hub, um, you know, that they had for the actual Imperial forces. And it also did a really nice job, I think, of showing some of the prejudice on Coruscant, right? There are some scenes that happen in that book in particular that show you that, you know, it's not just levels that separate people on Coruscant it's also in a way almost like a caste system of like are you from Coruscant or did you move to Coruscant and are you a human or a humanoid or are you an alien I mean these things do kind of permeate it sounds like Los book. Angeles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. but uh, you but no, from here? I mean <laughs> that uh, that book does a really nice job of that. So if you're just kind of interested in particularly the, the, the military workings and, and how that kind of all comes out, that is a great place to go. And who would know better than Tim Zahn, the guy who named the freaking planet? Mm-hmm. Love that. Great poll. Great poll. Yep. Let's see. What else we got I, here? I am going to recommend a trilogy of books. That's right. I brave. dare to do a trilogy. It's brave. Oh, yeah. I know. That trilogy is none other than the Aftermath trilogy yes! uh, by Chuck Wendig. Um, we mentioned Aftermath at the top of the show just a little bit. Um, it does a really cool thing of we win, right? We return the Jedi, good guys win. Um, but the Imperials kind of hold themselves up there. Um, and we see Coruscant kind of even at its upper levels is just kind of falling apart because no one really knows what's going on. Um, we get to see a really cool group um, in the interludes uh, called the Acolytes of the Beyond that are like hunting around and trying to find Sith relics and Darth Vader's helmet and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, and it's a really cool look into... Um, this place that we've kind of seen from a distance, we've seen the the glory of it, we've seen the the political kind of machination side of it, um, but to to get these little brief interludes and maybe a Jar Jar appearance, um, juggling and hanging out with kids, that happens as well. Spoiler alert! Uh, but it's it's a cool. I definitely recommend Aftermath trilogy, getting to see how it kind of comes to a close um, and and how how the New Republic kind of gets its footing. So. Yeah, those interludes are something wild. Uh, Mm -hmm. Huge fans of those. I'm going to stick with canon as well and go to a slightly different part of the timeline. This is when uh, when the Empire is is going strong, if you will. One of the one of the higher points of the Empire when when Palpatine's like, yeah, this is great. Nothing's wrong. (laughs) And uh, this is Catalyst, a Rogue One novel by James Luceno, uh, starring Galen Erso and director critic uh together and you get to see their friendship kind of blossom this came out a couple months before rogue one was actually released which is wild um the audiobook narrated by the amazing jonathan davis and this book as a whole 
is so interesting because it's dense with so much stuff about like kyber crystal lore and like Lyra's research with Galen about about crystals and how that works. But there's also such an interesting thing of watching these two guys working for the Empire on Coruscant together and working through their careers. And it really feels like, oh, these are the guys that like lived there and like just did the thing and like were what every Imperial thought they were going to become when they came to Coruscant. So I love Catalyst for that reason. I think Lucero does a great job of writing kind of the a little bit of the glamour, but also a little bit of the bleakness of the planet in that book. Mm. Um, yeah, Catalyst is just uh, – it, it's, a, it's a big, deep one. But when you end it, it's like, oh, that was wonderful, and I learned so much. I uh, cannot recommend it enough. Oh, Lyra, back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh, Sorry, God, I Rogue that. So Every time good. I hear Lyra's name. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um. I will grab. I'll steal another one because um, I haven't read as many books as you fine gentlemen have. But I will, I will grab Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Um, that it doesn't particularly start on Coruscant, but Thane, Kyrell, and Sienna Ree actually meet up um, after. I mean, they they were friends before, but they meet up at the Imperial Academy on Coruscant mm-hmm. to further their Empire proceedings. Um, and then you can see throughout that novel that Sienna Ree is blinded by the Empire, whereas Thane Kyrell kind of moves away towards the Rebellion and sees how bad the Empire is. But there are pieces of that that are uh, that are Coruscant-based, especially in the Imperial part. It's great. Some of the um, like the the race that they have is on is on Coruscant. So um, amazing book. Um, not just because Coruscant's in it, it's because it's uh, <laughs> on our Essential Six, Foundational Five, beforehand. It is an amazing read. Can't put it down. I wouldn't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Excellent choice. Good Excellent pull. choice. I, I want to choose a sleeper pick, guys. I want to choose it. something that's not even on this list. And if you're watching on YouTube, Adis, I want you to look at me. I'm going to look you in the <laughs> eye when I tell you this. My choice is the Cestus Deception. And I'm going to keep yes! talking about this book. I'm going to Listen, I'm going to keep talking about this book until literally a single other person on the Utini team comes back to me and tells me that they have read it. I'm still waiting for that day. Jared, if you're listening, I know you're proud of me. Um, the Cestus Deception. I know I know what you're thinking. Charles, it's called the Cestus Deception. Isn't it set on Ord Cestus? Yes. Primarily, but the early chapters are on Coruscant, and they're amazing, and they're a good look into sort of the interplay with uh, the Jedi and the the Senate and the Chancellor. And so, I, I would highly recommend it. Really, this was just another chance for me to talk up that book. <laughs> when, Never when, in the time, when when does that book take place timeline wise? Uh, is it pre episode one or is it no no, no it's like around Attack of the Clones because it's uh, it's like Kit Fisto and oh, long right. long mullet Obi Wan go yeah, on it's their mullet journey era. yeah yes <laughs> I love it okay well I was asking because the next book that I have is also a prequel book um, but it happens before the prequels um, no it's not Light of the Jedi I already said that one this one is Cloak of Deception 
Um, now I have I have not read this one yet. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not, but it is on my list uh, because <laughs> I know that it works really well with Darth Plagueis in kind of developing the political machinations that are going on, um, the fall of the Republic, um, and I believe uh, something happens with Chancellor Valorum. He's kind of like the centerpiece of this, um, and folks start to find out the Trade Federation kind of knows who Darth Sidious may or may not be. Um, so it, it sounds really, really cool. And especially having read Darth Plagueis, getting to get into the politics there a little bit, kind of the underhand side, to get to see some of these big leaders start to fall and, and start to have um, kind of some doubts cast on them. Sounds really intriguing to me. So that one's going to be next on my list for sure. I love that. I love that. I'm also going to stick with Legends as well. Um, and we, we talked about, you know, what did, what did the Siege of Coruscant look like? Well, let's talk about the Battle of Coruscant, which happens in Star by Star, uh, one of the New Jedi Order books. Uh, it's, it's decently far into that series, so if you started it, you've already made the commitment going in. Um, but, I mean, that, that's almost that's almost Neff said there. It's like, the ba- if you want to know about Coruscant, read about the Battle of Coruscant. It's, it's in Star by Star by Tridentic. Uh, I, one, of, one of the thickest boys in Legends, as it were, where we've talked a lot about the thick books coming out in canon lately, but Star by Star is one of its own. Um, a real special book that, of course, takes place all around the planet Star Citizens with the Yuuzhan Vong beforehand, before you get onto the planet's surface and really kind of find out the evolutions of that giant battle. So if you want to see this planet at its best, but also see this planet at its worst as people are trying to fight to defend it from an intergalactic army, uh, come on now. Star by Star is where you got to go. Um, all right, as we are, uh, as we get close to the end here, any any last ones, guys? We really want to hit uh, that people want to make sure they tackle if they're in the mood for Coruscant. Revenge of the Sith novelization. Never <laughs> a bad choice, Wesley. Mike Never a bad choice. I think we have to at least mention that I don't think any of us have personally read the Coruscant Knights trilogy. Correct. You got to mention it. Coruscant's literally in the name. And I do know, at least from through the grapevine, Corey loved these books. He's told us about these books. It's essentially about, like, post-Order 66, a Jedi living in the lower levels of Coruscant. And I think Vader is, like, hunting him. And, yeah, there's a whole story there. He's got a droid sidekick. It's it's apparently quite good. It's been on my list for some time. But kind of got to mention that if we're talking about Coruscant. Yeah. It's literally in the title, I feel. That's right. Uh, Honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, last one I want to talk about is one that I always look for an excuse to mention. Uh, it's Dark Disciple, um, yep. canon novel. I mean, you want Ventress and Quinlan Voss on adventures. Quinlan Voss has to talk to the council. Where's council at? They're on Coruscant. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about like some of that stuff with the, like, the hypocrisy of the Jedi we mentioned earlier in the show, things like that. Uh, like, it really is kind of Coruscant-centric because it's so Jedi politic-centric. It really, ta- like, really has that feel of, you know, what can the Jedi give up? What can they not? Are they turning into more of a political faction with ordering an, a political assassination? Um, very much in the government politics of the planet. And if that kind of stuff about Coruscant really like, kind of pulls you in and grabs you, uh, Dark Disciple, those parts, all of the book is great, but those parts specifically really are excellent in the Coruscant setting. So, absolutely love that one. All right. Um, Good. I mean, my gosh, there's so many great books about Coruscant. We, we obviously mentioned a ton here. But as we wrap up this first intergalactic travel episode of our Star Tours event, guys, 
Um, any last thoughts about really what makes Coruscant such a great planet and why do we hope we're going to keep getting books about it, even though, as we've already shown, there are already so many stories on Coruscant already. I think because there's so much mystery below the levels of Coruscant and, and even on, even above ground. I mean, there's something that there's so much we haven't discovered yet and researched and and voyaged to. But the lower levels is kind of the stuff that that intrigues me. That gives me some kind of fascination with what's really going down behind the scenes. You know, what's going on behind the curtains yeah. or below the levels. And <laughs> which, which you know now firsthand. Which is of course, cool. of course, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've sm- I smelled it too. And I think I've tasted it a little bit. So it was. It was pretty, so I can't wait to hear and see more stories from Coruscant. Whether it be in short story form, that would be great. If they had a whole short story book about you know the lower levels of Coruscant and how damp it is. All we want. Yeah. Great, uh, Tim. What about you, man? What are you thinking? Oh, man. Um, I think that we'll get more because it is just the hub of the galaxy. Um, I mean, it is the corest of core worlds, I believe. And so um, I'm excited to see what else we can get. Um, I'm kind of hoping, you know, one of my personal wish list things is we know in the sequel trilogy, the capital gets moved, it looks like. Right. So I want to see what that story right. is, uh, personally. That's that's something that I'm, I'm hoping for. Um, and maybe they take it back after the sequel trilogy since that planet got blown up real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Sorry, Hosnian Prime. And- Hosnian Prime, that's it. Yeah. Is Chandrilla, Chandrilla still there? I think, right? Chandrilla, it was there for a second, then it got moved around. Sounds right. <laughs> Sounds right. Have I even read the books? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Love that stuff. Uh, Charles, what about you, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of going back to how I started things, there is something about Coruscant that just feels home and feels safe, right? It's the home of the Jedi with whom we spend yeah. so much time, but... I mean, I love, I love what you guys are saying. One of the most, I, I'll say this, some of the most intriguing things in all of the Star Wars universe are the things that are never fully explored, never fully explained, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the tree yeah. on Dagobah, for instance, that's the first thing that always comes to mind, even though yeah. we've gotten more information about it. And Coruscant will probably always be that way. Uh, we could tell hundreds of thousands of stories on Coruscant, and there's probably still at least a small corner of that planet that we haven't looked at or haven't experienced. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the jawbreaker of planets of Star Wars. It's just never-ending. Yeah. It is. <laughs> that is a hell of an analogy, Charles. <laughs> I, don't know I, to do. I love <laughs> that. It's never-ending. You can um, never bite down on jawbreaker. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Our, from, from every Jedi temple to opera... To open air speeder in the back of a market. If you know, you know. Uh, there's always another tale to be told about Coruscant, and I'm sure that there are so many more to come in the years to come. I think this planet is going to keep having memories and stories throughout the eras. I can't wait to read the next one. I also can't wait to go to our next planet Wednesday night. Uh, Tim, mate, don't even repack. Just keep your suitcase where it is because you are traveling <laughs> again. With the Cosmic Force on Wednesday night. And, of course, Legends Look Back is going to their own place on Thursday. Cannot wait to see where those are. We won't spoil it here for you. But thank you to all of you who watched and listened and joined us on our first intergalactic expedition on the Star Tour to Coruscant. We cannot wait to have more adventures with you as the years go on. But for now, that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. 
If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much for making crazy things like this happen. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash utini to join in on the fun, all the behind-the-scenes videos, all the goals, all the good things. We love you and thank you so, so much. A special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss West. Tim is at T. Guthrie 2. And Corey is at Corey M. Helton. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire. And Wes, our producer, intergalactic traveler, and community manager. Thank you to Charles, Wes, and Tim for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out on this wild adventure with us. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, always.